Section 31 of Monday Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. Monday Tales by Alphonse Daudet. Translated by Marion McIntyre. A First Night Performance. Impressions of the Author. It was to begin at eight. In five minutes the curtain would rise. Stage carpenters, manager, and property man, every one was at his post. The actors in the first scene had placed themselves and taken appropriate attitudes. I peeped for one last time through the gap of the curtain. The house was crowded. Fifteen hundred heads, one row rising above another. The lights fell upon a smiling and animated audience. I recognized a few faces in it, but only vaguely. Their physiognomies seemed to me quite changed. Their faces wore a quizzical expression. Their manner was arrogant, dogmatic, and already I could see lorgnettes aimed in my direction like pistols. In one part of the house I did discern a few dear faces, grown pale with anxiety and expectation, but how many were purely indifferent and even unfavorably disposed. And all that these people brought with them from the outer world, all their recklessness, preoccupation, listlessness, and mistrust, must be dispelled. That atmosphere of ennui and disaffection must be penetrated. A common idea move all these human beings. My drama, to live, must draw its inspiration from those inexorable eyes. I would have delayed, prevented the curtain from rising, but no, it is too late now. I hear the three taps of the stick, a prelude from the orchestra, and then there is a deep silence. From the wings comes a voice which sounds hollow and far away lost in the immensity of the house. My play has begun. Ah, wretched one, what have I done? An awful moment. I know not where to turn, or what will become of me. Should one remain here, leaning against a gas wing, ears strained to hear, and heart refusing to beat? Encourage the actors when he so greatly needs some encouragement himself? talk scarcely knowing what he is saying, and smile when the dazed look in his eyes betrays that his thought is far away? Confound it all! I would rather slip into the house somewhere and stand face to face with danger. Concealed in a box in the pit, I try to seem an indifferent spectator, quite apart from it all, and as if I had not seen the dust of those boards clinging to my play for the last two months, as if I myself had not decided upon every gesture, every least detail of the mounting of the piece, from the mechanism of entrances and exits, even to the turning up of the gas. A singular feeling possesses me. I wish to listen, and yet cannot. I am uneasy, completely upset. 
I hear the quick turning of keys in the box doors, the moving of stools, fits of contagious coughing, one voice answering another, whispered conversations behind fans, the rustling of gowns, a multitude of insignificant sounds that seem of enormous dimensions to me, gestures and attitudes that seem to show hostility, backs that appear to wear a discontented air, and sprawling elbows intercept the entire scene. In front of me a very young man, wearing eyeglasses, who is taking notes with a grave air, observes, It is puerile. In a box at my side a low voice is saying, Tomorrow, you remember. Is it tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow, without fail. It would appear that great importance is attached to tomorrow in the minds of these people. I am thinking only of today. In the midst of all this confusion, not a point of my play tells. Nothing makes the least impression. The voices of the actors, instead of rising, filling the house, are lost before they reach the footlights fall with a dull sound into the prompter's box, amid an inane clapping of hands from the clack. What ails that gentleman who sits up aloft? What vexes him? I'm really intimidated. I go out. When I reach the street, I find it is dark and rainy, but I scarcely perceive that boxes and galleries with luminous rows of heads are whirling before me, and in their midst one fixed and shining point, the scene on the stage. This grows fainter as I get farther away from it. I walk on in fruitless effort to pull myself together. I cannot efface that accursed scene, and the drama, which I know by heart continues to play itself out, drags on lugubriously in my brain. It is as though I carried about with me some evil dream, with which mingle the people who jostle against me, and the slush and noise of the street. At the edge of the boulevard a sharp whistle stops me, and I grow pale, Imbecile, it is merely a whistle starting an omnibus. As I walk on, the rain increases. I imagine that in the theatre, too, it must be raining upon my drama, that its own weight has killed it, that it falls to pieces, and that my heroes, ashamed and worn out, are plodding after me along the wet sidewalks, which glistened beneath the gaslight. To dispel these gloomy ideas, I enter a café. I try to read, but the letters run together, dance, spread apart, and whirl. I cannot even tell what these words are trying to say. They seem bizarre, devoid of meaning. This reminds me of an incident of some years ago. It was at sea. The weather very stormy. I tried to read. Beneath a roof, flooded with water, where I lay, I had found and tried to read an English grammar. 
there with the roar of the waves in my ears and the sound of the wrenching of masts to divert myself from danger to avoid seeing those torrents of greenish water that fell upon the deck pouring all over it i devoted all my energies to the absorbing study of the english the but faintly did i read aloud repeat the words shouting them almost my brain was deafened with the howling of the sea the sharp whistling of the blast through the yards the paper i am holding at this moment seems to me as incomprehensible as was my english grammar however perhaps because i have stared so closely at the big sheet spread out before me I seem to see printed in sharp, concise lines tomorrow's articles, and my own name discussed in phrases that stick like thorns, written with a pen dipped in gall. Suddenly the gas is turned down. The café is closing. Is it time for that? What can be the hour? The boulevards are full of people. The theatres are emptied. Doubtless I pass some who have seen my play. I would like to question them, know what they thought, but at the same time I pass on quickly, that I need not overhear reflections aloud, those feuilletons in the streets. Ah, how happy are they who can return homeward with the consciousness that they have never written a play i stand before the theater it is closed the lights are extinguished decidedly i shall gain no information tonight but as i look at the damp billboards and the great candelabra whose lights blink at the entrance an intense sadness comes over me that great building which a while ago lent light and animation to all this part of the boulevard, is dull and lifeless now, gloomy, deserted, and dripping as though after a fire. Ah, well, at last it is over. Six long months of labor, of dreams, weariness, alternating with hope, all they meant is lost, shriveled, melted into nothingness in a single evening under the glaring gaslight. End of section thirty one.